doing the intro? You do the intro music? Um, we don't have, have to do music. the intro music. I don't. Good Lord. <laughs> I'm not set up to do the intro music. We it's in the drive. Music. We can just, just bob our head for a little bit. Just sing the intro music, Ben. And then just add it when you when you do the audio podcast. No, that? don't. I want that version of music in the podcast. <laughs> you guys done? Yeah, I suppose so. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to Magic Proving Grounds, the only Magic the Gathering podcast that proves bringing mom to your next tournament will be a huge hit. I'm your host, co-host, moderator Dave, and with Don't me, worry, Ben. I'm not going to bring mom to your tournament. <laughs> Thanks, bro. I have two co-hosts with me. Ben? Hi. Do you see what I did there with bro? Bro. And- oh, man. There was a bro and a mom. Yep. <laughs> there I, was. Didn't, I didn't realize that there's a whole family here. Yeah. Oh, no. And uh, also, that other voice is... Other Dave, or if only, if only Dave. one of the sets was Steph, then we could make a <laughs> video. Step, step sis. <laughs> oh, oh no. I mean, stepmom probably works, right? Yeah, yeah. And you have a sis, yeah. It'll get there eventually. It's you mean you have three three letters, only a certain amount of combinations. Eventually, they'll make a sis. Oof. Uh, so, so, what do you what do y'all been doing this week? Well, huh? Huh? Checking Playing out that? the uh, the mom stuff. Seems pretty cool. The set. Other than that, um, your mom is pretty cool. Yeah, I like my mom. She's all right. Mm. Uh, yeah. I have been planning a trip to Ben's store for the mom pre-release. Oh yeah, it's gonna be fun. Doing a, a sojourn to uh, to the wilds of uh, where Ben's shop is. Yeah, Dave, yeah. join us. All three I, of us. We could do a I live would, podcast. But unfortunately, uh, I'm busy that weekend, and that's Dude. not copping out. Uh, it's just uh, out. It would be so cool to do an all-in-person podcast. I I wanted to, but it's just not in the cards. It, it, around, it, it, a, hard. around a round table, you know, like King yeah. Arthur and stuff. Oh, that'd be I, sick. I did learn that it's not quite as long as a trip as I thought it was going to be. So that... Uh, yeah, I was, I was Map, pretty help. happy about that. Like when, when Julie was like, "This is how long it's going to take." I was like, "What, really? That's it?" Yay! Nice. So, uh, no magic playing for anybody this 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 week because I haven't played any magic. I've been doing other media production stuff that uh, we can talk about if you guys want, but or we can just move on and get into the spoilers if you guys. This don't is a, not a do-it-yourself radio podcast. This is a magic podcast. Yes. I I want you to talk about all the ways in which you didn't play Magic for the last two weeks. <laughs> it's great Magic the Gathering podcast content. I tell you what, not yeah, so I, most of my stuff has been non Magic related too. Like we have our niece coming to stay, and I have been baby proofing the house because I don't have any kids, so I've never even thought about it before. <laughs> you got to make sure you know how to work the toilet lock before you have to go, because you could. Uh, End up with an issue if you don't. Toilet lock. To, to keep yeah, locks the seat down. It keeps the, locks the seat down so don't fall in the toilet. Is that something I so need much. to do? Why? Well, I don't you can know. Also just put a big giant brick on it. Like a I know, lock. I'm going with brick. <laughs> I don't know. Shut the door to your bathroom. One of those, t- yeah. one of those things will work. I'll just get my brick of cocaine and. I mean, <laughs> 
use that to hold the toilet seat down, and I'm sure that's safe. <laughs> yeah, that's totally safe for babies. If you don't have any pet bears, it should be fine. <laughs> nice. Okay, so mm. let's get into what this podcast is about. This episode is about March of the Machine spoilers. Mm-hmm. So, like we do, except for last time, because we were... Uh, I don't know what we were doing, but we weren't on our A game. We didn't go over uh, new mechanics for the set. So we're going to do that first, and then we'll go into quick. I think we kind of did them while we were talking about the cards. Yeah, I I like the structure this way better. Sure. I don't, because, you know, you don't want to miss one. Maybe we didn't pick one. Well, let me entitle this section Mom's Mechanics. So I mean, (laughs) those who know me know that I don't like structure at all. Yes, we have figured that out. Yes. <laughs> Somehow you always drag me into it. Anyways, so for the first mechanic I want to talk about, uh, which I think is by far the coolest mechanic, is battles. Uh, so I'll just go ahead and, and read my explainer I wrote up. Um, so all battles are double face transforming card. Each battle ETBs with a number of defense counters on them represented by the number in the lower right hand corner of the card. Uh, so very Planeswalker-ish thus far, and also continuing on. It's very Planeswalker-like. So each battle comes with a subtype. Uh, this particular subtype that we're focusing on in this set will be Siege. Uh, in the in the future, there'll probably be other battles. Uh, but how Siege subtypes work is the controlling player casts the card, and then selects a player to be the defender. And then that player has to defend the card as if it were, say, a Planeswalker that they controlled. And then the person who cast the battle gets to attack it. So you're, in essence, attacking a permit you control. Uh, first time that this has been possible in the game, once the battle is on the battlefield, it you can attack it in the same manner you can a planeswalker. So you can hit it with creatures. You can hit it with damage spells that target any target. Any target and specifically battles. There's a couple in this set that yeah. target battles. So that's cool. Any target spells becoming increasingly more valuable as time goes on. Um, and then once you reduce the defense counters to zero. The battle is exiled, uh, and then the controller, i.e. the person who cast it, or I assume if somebody steals it, I suppose, uh, is then able to cast the back face of the card without paying its mana cost. So, Yeah. So, so to sum that up, you cast said battle, you give it to opponent, you attack opponent, opponents, but the, or you attack the battle that you just gave them until it's dead. Then you exile it and cast the back. Yes. So, so Dave, how do you feel about this mechanic? I like it. I think it's cool. Um, I think. Uh, do we have an example to pull up on the screen? I think uh, there's a couple yeah. that we'll talk about later, but I think it'd be easier if people could look just at you it. destroying the structure already. I've taught you well. <laughs> big, okay, big everybody, <laughs> turn your head to the side. <laughs> Boom. Uh, that's another interesting thing about these. They are landscape cards, so they sit on the battlefield in that's landscape enough. orientation. Uh, anyways, so wow. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, they basically that it sounds cool to me. Um, the, I I think it's cool that you control it 
you attack it down, and their job is to defend it because they don't want you to cast the back of it. Yes. So, so my feelings about the mechanic are kind of mixed. I think it's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought you would be on the same page as me here, Dave, but I guess I was wrong. Yeah, the only thing fun. I don't like about it is that it takes away from me hitting you in the face. Ah, uh, right. true. Yeah, you're choosing. You're choosing to not hit them in the face. Because uh, right? I mean, a lot of these good ones have like four, five, seven, eight defense towers on it. Man, mm-hmm. that's eight damage. I could be doing to your face. Yeah, it's very counterproductive to the aggro scheme. But also, I don't. Are there any that are actually an aggro deck would want? I don't recall off the top. I, of my I head. think the red black one would probably fit well in aggro if. If it wasn't the type of card that it is, yeah, yeah, you did yeah. bring up an interesting point. So, like, you better have a really good plan for that backside of the card for you to for it to be worth but, you playing it, casting it, because you're spending all the resources to do this, right? Yeah. You're casting it, and you're not attacking face; you're attacking the battle. Um, so, it is. So, weird. I think yeah. I think there are cards in here in in that battle scheme where. The initial cast is effective enough that you could just ignore attacking it, or you can attack it and it's just icing on the cake. Mm. Um, and those are the ones that I think are are going to see the most success, like the green and X one, the white and black one, the ones that like the initial cast is effective enough that I don't need to worry about attacking it if I don't want to. Yeah. Um, another thing about these cards is that I, I do believe, now correct me if I'm wrong, if you say destroy target permanent and you destroy this, you do not cast it because it says once the the technical ruling is once the counter is removed is to zero. That is right? correct, unless you use an effect that removes counters. Which there are a few in the set was my second thing. So, right. But if uh, if it gets destroyed in some way, it does not transform. Um, and there's there's a card that says destroy target battle. Yeah, I think there is a couple of cards or something like that, or one maybe in the set because it's not an enchantment. It's not. Um, the other thing that's cool about battles is it's another card type. Yep. Uh, in in consideration of like Did you know Tarmogoyf, is Tarmogoyf now a uh, a uh, modern all star again? Well, I don't know. We'll see. Probably not. Yeah, I don't think any of these battles are going to make it into modern. Fat, fatal push still exists, so that's the real problem. Wah, wah, wah. But yeah, fatal um, push is the real problem. Well, the yeah, it's so easy to remove that. Like all the cheap removal in modern is the reason. I felt for- like he was around long after Fatal Push came out. Mm-hmm. Did did Fatal Push just take a while to take off in modern? I don't know. I can't answer that. But he's just mm-hmm. so easy to answer that it's like not that big of a deal anymore. He doesn't Got have any it. like uh, evasion or any kind of you know haste or trample or anything. He's just uh, right. He's vanilla. Yeah, except that one ability that. Anyway, yeah, ba- battles. They, I, I'm interested to see what they do. I don't know how how well they'll stick long term. King of Daves, my man over here making assumptions he didn't actually let me finish how i thought about the battles which was i think they're cool like as a mechanical representation of lore like 
That's mm-hmm. a battle. That's cool and whatnot. So that's the thing I like about them the most. Um, your points you brought up are good points about th- that strategy. So it all depends on how what they do, whether they're going to be like top performers or not. Which I don't. I didn't necessarily see any that I thought was cool, except for the one that I picked. Um, you know, outside of flavor. Yeah, but you know, maybe I'm wrong. There, there were a few of them that were not picked that I think the one are, with the glorious interesting. Yeah, yeah, the glorious oh, yeah, anthem one, one. The white, I think it's, I think it's the white blue uncommon one. I actually think is surprisingly good. Yeah, but um, yeah, we're good. Well, we've got a couple of battles to talk about when we go over cards, so we'll go ahead and move on. And uh, briefly mention returning mechanic, if you haven't already guessed, transforming double face cards. Probably should have led with that one, but I was really stoked about the battles. Uh, They're there. They've been here for a while. Everybody knows how they work, I believe. Um, If not... We'll tell you when we get to card spoilers. If not, go back and look at old mechanics. Yeah, or just like you, it's a card on one side and a card on the other side. And also, to explain to me what Convoke is again. Convoke is you tap uh, creatures to pay for generic mana. Only generic <laughs> mana? He finally got you to explain what it was. No, uh, you yeah. can tap the Sorry, creature yeah. for a color that is in its color identity as well. well I'm yes. never asking you to explain the mechanic to me again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyways, as I was saying, Dave, could you explain to me what a counterspell is? Never heard of them. It's what you use when you need to put countertops in your kitchen. Ah, cast okay. it and then they appear. A counterspell. See? That's how it works. Um, anyways, transforming cards front and back, uh you flip them when a condition is met. So, yep. boom. Says so on the cards. Pretty self explanatory. Like three minutes to explain one I, line. Because somebody <laughs> is an agent of chaos. Okay. New mechanic, which I kind of think is neat. Uh, backup. Yeah. So uh, backup creature ETBs. Let, uh, let, me, let me say this. Let me start this way. Have you ever wanted to play a card and use its mechanic right away? Well, now you can with backup. It's called haste. Yeah, I, like, I, I prefer haze, but well, but also backup. So creatures with backup, ETB. Uh, you place a number of counters on a target creature. Then that target creature gains the ability of the creature with backup until end of turn. And backup is like scry one, whatever it comes with a number. Backup in, if you will, and then that lets you know how many plus one plus one counters you get to put on target creature. So back but more two. important, it gains the below abilities. Yeah. So if you have a creature with backup that has death touch, creature you targeted to put counters on also has death touch until end of turn. Yep. That's great. Um, it's cool. It's neat. Yeah. I, I really <laughs> like this mechanic and uh, have we really reached like how how far away do you guys think we are from ETB just being what they print on the card? Oh, I mean, I, we've reached the point where like I have never heard anyone say enters the battlefield anymore. 
it's a real mouthful. It's really a common turn of phrase in the established community. I think they probably won't ever do it just because new players, that's going to be rough. Right. Uh, for new players. But, you know, when we go completely digital, that's, that's when it will happen there. I picked it. I, I picked a uh, line in the sand. There you go. Okay. Mm, okay. I, I thought I might have killed other Dave because he got real quiet. No, no. I think that's an ex- acceptable line in the sand. Um, Next yes. Yeah, so, oh, wait. Back up. Yes. <laughs> I'm full of puns today. Oh. Um, I, I do find it interesting that they you can put the plus one, plus one counters on the creature you cast. Yes. Now, obviously, they don't get the ability twice, but it basically, you know, even if even if you don't have another creature on the field, backup still has an effect. Even if it's just putting a plus one, plus one counter on the creature you cast. Yes, mm-hmm. pretty nice. Everybody loves counters. I mean, you know, maybe. Kind of suspect. Depends on whether they're blue or not. Yeah. Ah, everything went pear-shaped. Anyways. Uh, next mechanic, we good? Everybody yep. said all that you say about backup. Okay, incubate. I like this mechanic. I was going to say I think it's cool, uh, flavorful. Anyways, um, can be found on permits and spells, and it creates a uh, incubator token, which is a colorless artifact incubator with pay two generic mana. Transform this artifact, and then it has a double face on the back which is a token is a zero zero colorless artifact creature phyrexian and then much like backup incubate comes with a number and that lets you know how many plus one plus one counters you get to put on the token when it etbs obviously the counters don't become relevant until it flips i think yeah sure it's flavorful but it's confusing this is a a bloated mechanic Seriously? See, I don't think it's confusing. I just think it's a bad mechanic. I mean, let's be real. I'm probably never going to play it, but I think it's cute. Yeah, I, I think it's flavorful. I think it has the right idea, but I think the highest incubate I saw was three. Uh, um, yeah. With most things being incubate two. Yeah. Um, they do um, have the, are... um, the ozoliths in here. Yeah. That... Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot of effects that change that and allow you to add counters and uh, also, give give your Phyrexians bonuses and whatnot. But just yeah. like in terms of the actual mechanic by itself, it's just it's very kind of vanilla. Oh, here's an artifact that you can sacrifice. We made food, but now it becomes a creature, so gain in your life. Yeah, it is cool that you can like put a whole bunch of incubators out and then wrath the board and then transform them. I guess that's cool, but. You still have to pay two for each one, which makes it very slow. Right. I mean, there are ways to transform them without doing that, too. But uh, again, you're yeah. talking about right. building mechanics into mechanics or, or bloating your deck with multiple things just to lean into a mechanic that's going to give you a 2-2. Um, right. I, I don't love it. I on its face. I'm sure there's a way to break it, but... No, I, I, there are good cards that use this appropriately, which I, I picked one of them, but like it just by itself as a mechanic, yeah. it's just not that strong. Word. 
Okay, last mechanic, not in the actual set, but I think it's worth noting that uh, plane chases back, baby, in the commander decks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so only in commanders. Yeah, fan so, favorite. So if, the planes, the plane cards for plane chess comes in the marching machines commander precons, or uh, is that what you're saying, or no? Plane chase cards come in the masters. Uh, Commander decks, I believe. Um, the are the plane chase yeah. cards still going to be giant sized cards? I don't know. Maybe. Mm. It just, look, I pulled this off of their mechanics article. They didn't Did explain. Neither of you ever played plane chase. I did not, but it no. sounds cool as hell, and I wish I had. Okay. Yeah, I had heard about it. I've never played it. It was um, in my dark age. Also, we'll mention briefly, uh, I don't understand how it works because I never played Plane Chase, but they changed the wording on how uh, planar dies are rolled so that the when chaos ensues, chaos ensues triggers without uh, needing to roll a dice, so you can get a triggered ability off of that. So mm-hmm. Plane Chase is is kind of fun. It's a fun way to play Magic. I enjoyed it. Um, its rule set, I think, was just a little too convoluted for most people. I 100% believe that based on my understanding of playing chess. Yeah. Uh, but I, what I play, because I did play it for a while. We had a, a friend in college who was obsessed with it, and we played it a lot there. And it, it is a lot of fun once you know how to do it. Yeah, it sounds cool. So it's, so like, it's like every I, time someone different was there, it's like we had to go through the rules again and explain it again. And yeah. they had to suck at it for the first 10 turns and then. Yeah. <laughs> Then they're like, oh, okay. And then they're asking questions. And then, yeah. Like, once you get everyone on the same page and it's rolling smooth, it's fun. Nice. But it takes a bit for everyone to get on the same page. Well, hopefully, uh, we can get some uh, plane chase going now that it's back, apparently. So, I wonder if they'll put it in Arena. Probably not since it's a commander thing now. Mm, I don't know. They're all plane chase. They've got a multiplayer. Uh, plans for arena so maybe all right well that's all the returning and new mechanics that wizards bothered to put in their article so uh we'll move on there's actually some other ones that pop up here and there uh yeah that you know mind you this set is a multiplayer thing i do want to mention something before we go further i was reading the the spoilers for this set and it seems there are a lot of planes I've never heard of. Is that <laughs> is that accurate? They are not uh, have never been planes. But could they possibly be planes in the future? I don't there remember all, seeing any planes that I had not heard of. Yeah, they're all planes that they've mentioned uh, in the past. No new planes that I'm aware of. Okay, because I remember I had a 15 year gap, so yeah, I wasn't uh, sure. Which plane were you? Brigatha's one, Gabacan, Kylan. Yeah, so, so there's like a Brig- lot. Brigatha, it's not where they're from, but at one point, Chandra and Jaya live there. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. There's a fire-throwing monastery thingy there. And honestly, I've already forgotten all the other ones because I got focused on that one. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So they have been there because I was like, yeah. this is a neat way to show, hey, we're going to co- go here eventually. 
I thought that would be cool if they threw a couple in there that we've never been to. But yeah, Regatta is a very fire heavy plane. Yeah. The ones that I looked up because I didn't recognize them just ended up being names of planes. I didn't realize that was the name of the plane. It's like, oh, it's from that set. Yeah. Um, gotcha. That, that's what I was going to say. Is some of these just don't have like lore that's been expanded on. Right. Or no, it's not that they don't have lore that's been expanded on. It's that the, the name of the set did not match the name of the plane. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh right. right. Like Strixhaven is uh, whatever it's bucket. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of them. I was like, what the hell is that? It's, oh, it's Strixhaven. Okay. So we're good. You want to go on to uh, card picks? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, awesome. You're up first. Other Dave? Uh, we'll start with Ren and Realmbreaker. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Go on. Go For those on. of you who haven't read the story yet, Okay, I want you to spoil something for me. So if Ben doesn't want to hear and you podcast people want to hear, put your little earmuffs on for a second. I, I already, I mean, the name tells me enough. I know enough about Ren I, that it, the name tells me enough. It, but does it? Because you don't know whose side Ren is at the moment they merge with Realm Breaker. And I want to know. Well, that uh, the card type will tell you that. <laughs> So you're you're asking me if Ren is a good guy or a bad guy at the time that he merges with Groundbreaker? Yeah, Frexian or not. Okay. There's actually a card uh that explains this. Oh yeah. okay. Um I, something to the seed core. Yeah. Um because oh, it was the other flavorful card that I was thinking about, but now I cannot remember the name. Of it, but it shows the art of the card is the mirror and warriors pushing Ren to Realmbreaker. Yep, so that he can I, merge with it. Ren's a she is Ren a she or Ren is basic. Oh, uh, we'll go with they. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, so but, yeah, that's what I kind of extrapolate. Storm the Seed Core. Yeah, nice. Storm, the, the art on Storm the Seed Core shows the Mirans pushing Ren to the tree. So that yeah. I pretty much learned all I need to know about this story <laughs> by reading the yeah. cards, I think. Yeah. Sick. Okay, cool. I hadn't seen Storm the Seed Core for some reason. All right. Ear oh, muffs off, everybody. Yeah. Spoiler warning over. <laughs> like the guinea. Okay. All right. <laughs> so what's up with Ren, Dave? Uh, so Ren initially just by itself has lands you control, tap, add one mana of any color. Mm. which I always love mechanics that do that and allow me to branch out into other things. Yeah, branch. Um, get it. And, and it costs two green and one colorless, so it's not like real heavy. And uh, you could easily make a four or five color deck with this. Uh, it's plus mm-hmm. one up to one target land you control becomes a 3-3 three, three elemental creature with vigilance, hexproof, and haste until the end of your next turn. It is still a land. Always love it when they give those lands vigilance so I can still tap them in the second main phase. Yes. Give me that all day long. Also, it comes into play with four loyalty counters. Uh, you can minus two to mill three cards and put a permanent card from among the milled cards into your hand. Mm. Uh, again, digging three cards into your deck is never a bad thing. And getting one of those cards into your hand. Yeah. Only thing is, you can't get instants and sorceries, but any permanent card, chances are there's going to be a, at least a land in those three cards. 
Yeah, it's basically a blue ability. Look at the top three cards in your hand, put one of them in your hand, or your library, put one of them in the hand, and the rest in the graveyard. But right. it specifies permanent. Yeah, but yes, it's written in a green way. Uh, and then the minus seven is you get an emblem with you may play lands and cast permanent spells from your graveyard, which is a pretty yeah. powerful yep. ability, especially for one that's on a three-mana Planeswalker. Uh, so you can get it out early. It it makes creatures. The 3-3 three, oh. three creature, too, can defend Ren if you don't tap it for mana because it is until the end. It is until your next turn. Nice. Yes. So Ren and Realmbreaker can defend itself as well. Yeah, That's which nice. is always important for a Planeswalker. My question is, how often do you think you get to ultimate this Planeswalker? Not often. No. <laughs> you you probably end up plus one in it a few times and minus two to find something. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think I think Ren might see play in in it might be like a supplemental and like I don't know modern with the mana base the way they is uh, might benefit from adding one mana of any color. I don't know. I don't know if the other parts of Ren would be good for modern, but definitely pioneer. I was just saying, start some crazy stuff in Pioneer. Can this slot into Mono Green Devotion? Um, I mean, other than the mana of any choice, you don't need that to be relevant. Right. You you make your creatures into lands. Yep. It's two green in the cast, so it helps your devotion. Yeah, it could. Yeah. Minus two finds you permanence, mm. and that that green uh, that deck is mostly permanence, right? Right. Yeah. I would definitely uh, try it. I think it's worth a try. Definitely interesting. I also see it as an enabler of some wacky multicolored mana stuff. Oh, oh for sure. Yeah. Five color rent uh, control. I mean, when you break down the mana cost of it, it's the same cost as uh, Lantern. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. converted mana cost wise. Yeah. Only with a lot more effects. Yeah, it does more than just make your land smooth. Right. The only thing about Lantern is it's colorless, so you don't have to be in green to play it. Yeah. Next card. That's me, I guess. I picked Itali, Primer Conqueror, because I think that this dinosaur is cool, and I like to see him again. Total uh, story beat card that I thought was neat. Um, but it's five generic mana, red, red. It's got trample. It's a 7-7. Seven, seven. And when it ETBs, each player exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile a non-land card. You may cast any number of these spells from among the non-land cards exiled this way without paying their mana cost. And then it's a flip card. So if you pay... Nine and one Phyrexian green mana, uh, transform, activate only as a sorcerer. And then the back side. Like you have to be a, a D&D class sorcerer? Yeah, at, yeah, yes. Or okay. just slow. Anyways, the back side. 11-11, trample, indestructible. When primal, uh, when Itali primal sickness deals combat damage to a player, they get that many poison counters. Pretty nice. Yeah. It has infect. So the the side 
the side story that has him in it is really cool. Nice. And we, also, I like the art in uh, the main card. How it, it kind of it has that Phyrexian symbol, but it's not like a, a huge focus. That uh, kind of yeah. preludes to what's going to happen to him. Yep, yep, yep. So this Atali does the Atali thing. It just mm-hmm. also has trample and and cost more. Yeah, and cost more. Oh, yeah. And then you get the transform in a big red deck. This might work. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's got the sickness. Yeah. <laughs> One one might say it's down down with the sickness. I I I do like how it's eleven eleven. So if they have a one one and they block it, they still die. I do like that's not just ten ten, right? Yes, very nice. I think it's cool, neat card. Um, I like a lot of the and now they're Phyrexian cards. So, anyways, yeah, one of the ones we didn't pick that I really liked was the Pelucranos card. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought about that. I, I was so yeah. close to picking that one, but I'm like, it can't be all, and now they're Phyrexian cards. You, you yeah. Gotta have some variety, man. Yeah, I think Pelucranos, like, as a, uh, is a more playable card than Itali, just because its mana is more reasonable. Mm-hmm. But Itali is a pretty f***ing cool dragon. But look at this card. It's a dinosaur skeleton, and it's <laughs> running at you like a little Kelly. <laughs> And it's got razor arms. How is that not sick? Yeah, pretty cool. You ready for me? All right. So I'm going to go over, I'm going to start with the best card in the entire set. You ready for it? Moment of Truth. One blue and one colorless. It's an instant, common rarity. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of those cards into your hand, one into your graveyard, and one on the bottom of your library. This card makes me excited. Uh, of, course, of course, you pick the spell slingy shit. <laughs> well, it has such utility. Like this, like <clears throat> this will uh, enable like Merktide. Like I see this going in Merktide because hey, guess what? You get to put a card of your choice of the top three. Say you need an artifact in the graveyard, or if you need, you know, an enchantment in the graveyard. Boom! Now you have Delirium. It's it's there's so many uses to this. It's not as broken as Expressive Iteration, but it's like maybe the fixed version of expressive iteration. I don't know, but it's kind of like that, but it, it has the graveyard synergy uh, attached to it. So I, I really like this card. A great yeah, I, the graveyard synergy affects more than just Merc died, but yeah. also, yeah, like snap Tarmogorfs yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. Also this, uh, I, I know neither one of you have reached this point in the story yet. Um, I can assume what, the, what this card is leading to. Can you? I, w- I want to hear your guess now. Oh, uh, all right. Spoiler ears on. I, I'm just guessing. Okay, so so we have uh, what looks like Elspeth standing on a collar of light, and there's some feathers uh, precluding that she's about to turn into an angel of some sort. She had to make so obviously she's it's a moment of truth. Does this work or does this not? Um, I, I have a feeling this is where she like so she went into the blind eternities and came mm-hmm. and, and like this is like the moment of truth to see if it works when she comes back or something. I don't know, I'm just blathering with <laughs> Archangel. She becomes an archangel or whatever. Who knows? So, yeah, in, sort of. in, <laughs> in the story, she is given a choice. Of 
where to go to best uh she is shown basically like a test even yeah uh she is shown multiple planes under siege and then she is asked where to go hmm. which one she would go to to defend ah so she makes a choice mm. yeah it's good foreshadowing for uh later on when we actually read the thing all right but Yep, that's moment of truth. That's I think I think this is my most excited card of the deck. It's pretty. Of the whole, I like of the it. whole thing. Shebang. Definitely a uh, Arclight Phoenix card and uh, Explorer. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, that's what we needed. Was Arclight Phoenix to be more enabled? <laughs> yeah, more Arclight Phoenix. It. Come on, man. It's cool. Yeah, no, everyone loves Arclight Phoenix. It's the most popular. It's the best. Okay, uh, your next pick there, other Dave. All right, I, I'm going to go with the pick of tribute to the world tree. Mm-hmm. Again, with my theme of green here. Uh, it is three green. It is an enchantment. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card if its power is three or greater. Otherwise, put two plus one plus one counters on it. I like it. I love it. Big green is not normally my format, but I mean, if you're going to give green hard draw like that, mm-hmm. mm. yeah, and give me enablers like that, or you know, hard draw or two plus one plus one counters for each of my creatures. Yeah. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked for Ren Realmbreaker. Can this slot into Mono Green Devotion? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd put it in there. It, it, it is basically, I think it's kind of an auto-include because you have other cards in there that care about having big toughness. Mm-hmm. And this this also cares about having uh, big, well, it's power. power but, yeah, big but, power, big toughness, but, you know, big creature. Yeah, so, because uh, I can only imagine the either the amount of card draw that you get out of it has to be impactful, right? In mm-hmm. that, in that yep. deck? Yep, and then yep. Your, uh, your elves that you lay are three threes. Which, yeah. coincidentally, this is a direct counter to uh, Elish Norn, Mother of Machines, right? Yes. Everything comes as a 3-3 three, three on your side, so then it's reduced to a 1-1 one, one with her ability. Mm. Yeah. So they thing. don't just die. It's cool. Yep. So, we really should read the story before we do this uh, spoiler cast, but I got another story question, so... Okay. Your must, everybody. Uh, is this the world tree... Or is this just a tribute? <laughs> this is just a tribute. <laughs> I feel sorry for the people that actually earmuffed. Because <laughs> that was good. Uh, I'm sorry. I stole your joke from the Discord. I'd sad to. You're good. <laughs> it, it worked out better that way. Uh, yeah. Anyways. I like it. Definitely. Uh, a sick card for Mono Green Devotion. Maybe uh, Karn gets banned this time around, so that it takes that card out of uh, takes that deck out of Explorer slash Pioneer. Um, Don't count on it. <laughs> All right, so we're good. We're gonna move on. Take my yeah. pick. Okay. Ah, uh, what am I going to pick? I'll just go back down and pick. Uh, pick the fine. Pick the good. The good version of that one Praetor guy. Oh yeah, that's the best thing I do. Finally, gets a good one. Pick. Pick, uh, pick your bay. My bro, Urabrask man. Here he is. He's got the. It's a 
two generic mana, red, red for striker, four, four. And when you cast a instant or sorcerer spell, Orobrask deals one damage to target opponent, add one red mana. And then... Already better than any other one. Then pay one red mana, exile Orobrask, return to the battlefield under... Uh, transform under owner's control, activate only as a sorcery, and only if you've cast three or more instants or sorcery spells this turn, and then we have the backside is a saga, as with all the praetors. It's got three chapters. First chapter, the great works, that's the name of the saga, deals three damage to target opponent and each creature they control. That's pretty sick. Chapter two, create three treasure tokens. That's pretty mid, but it's in the middle of the story, so it's fine. Chapter three, until end of turn, you may cast instant and sorcery spells from any graveyard. That's any. That's not just yours. That's any. Uh, if a spell cast this way would be put into the graveyard, exile it instead. Exile the great work and return it to the battlefield. As Urabrask. As Urabrask. <laughs> Rinse, repeat. Dude. This cycle of Praetors is cool. Dude, dude so uh, I'm just not. <laughs> you, like, you can just pay one red mana and then flip it and then deal three damage to everything. Yeah. Well, it'll take, it'll it's, take not, two, it's not quite that easy. Well, it'll well, take yeah, a couple turns to. to three spells. You have to cast three spells to flip it. So. Oh, yeah. yeah three well, spells in one turn. Well, yeah. yeah. But, you know, maybe this slots into a Hark Life Phoenix. Yeah, there you go. Well, but you also are getting the the mana to cast your spells. You just have to make sure you right. set your hand up. It's it's, so it's he, an arc light phoenix so, kind of sideboard. So yeah, that's the like. I feel like this card has to go into blue. Mm-hmm. You can't play this in mono red, it's, right? No, nah, I don't know. Elslinger uh, territory, in my opinion. Yeah, because without the card draw, you know the the three spells to activate it. Mm-hmm. Means that you're not clearing the board early on, like you're holding mm-hmm. your shocks and your lightning strikes and lightning bolts and everything else. Yeah, unless um, you have the card draw. Yeah, like without the card draw, I don't see how you make him work effectively because then you're not burning stuff early on and then you're burning stuff late and you're dumping your whole hand, basically. Yeah. And it's not like there's any card draw on this card. So you dump in your whole hand to activate him is not ideal. Um, so, like, he has to go into blue. I think if he's in a, a blue-red shell, he's gonna he's gonna be a killer. No, it's gonna be sick. I can't wait. I hate. Here's the other thing. I, I the the small thing that I don't like. Uh, also, he doesn't have haste. Yeah. You mm-hmm. Give me a red Praetor, and he doesn't have haste. Hmm. Yeah, what kind of nonsense is this? So, so here's here's the thing. You, um, the way that the saga works, when it hits three, it'll transform back into Urgrass, but it left the liner note that you can cast spells from graveyards that turn. So if you do that that turn, then you can pay the one mana. You know, you have the three treasure tokens from the turn before. So when it hits three, it'll yeah. immediately flip, and then you can cast them from the graveyard. And then mm-hmm. if you cast three, then you can... Flip it in the same turn, he flips it. Yeah, yeah. and you have the three treasure tokens to help enable that too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, this card is kind of cool. I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. Finally, Burbrask gets a good one. <laughs> some good. 
All right. Yeah, I just I I like the card. It's a good card. I just wish it wasn't so pigeonholed into an archetype. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I agree. Uh who's up next? That Carl. would be me. Um, I'm going to say uh, Thalia in the Gitrog Monster. This is probably <laughs> my favorite of the uh, team-up cards. It is I, one... Sorry, go ahead. This is the one I was thinking about, so it's oh, fine. Okay. The other one. Um, <clears throat> one generic, one white, one black, one green. Legendary creature, human frog horror. It's a 4-4 four, four first strike death touch. You may play an additional land on each of your turns. Creatures in non-basic lands your opponent control enter the battlefield tapped. Whenever Thalia and the Gitrog monster attacks, sacrifice a creature or land, then draw a card. That I, is first strike death touch is such a dangerous <laughs> combination. I know, it's right? Gross. It's mm. gross. It's pretty yeah, simple. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> yes, technically. Actually, it doesn't, does it? It's black. Yeah. Uh, well, no, no. Uh, dies to revolted fatal push. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> dies to something. Yeah. yeah. Just murdered. You can murder it. There you go. It's good card. I mean, it, I don't it, know what it, else to say. Uh, <laughs> it shuts off your creatures, your land, the lands um, come into play tapped if they're non basic, which pretty much everybody runs a lot of those. Yeah. It's, it's a must kill. Too. It, it has to die. Yep, yeah, gives you card advantage. You do have to sack something, but you are laying an additional land on each of your turns. It's so it's I don't written. I don't think that even like a lot of people have made that point. Oh well, you know it evens out. I don't, Does it? No, you, no. You, it's you, at the end of the day that is not going to even out. You are going to end up losing the land advantage. So you need to be able to win other ways. Yeah, mm. yeah, but you don't even have to attack with her really. Right. Like, no, that's the thing is you like, can just leave her in defense and she enables everything yeah. in a way. Or, or unenables your opponent. Other things that are four four with first strike. <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. like the uh, third ability, well fourth technically, if you count death touch and first strike is two. Um is such a tempo move where creatures yeah. and, and come into play tap. Yep. Yeah, uh, I guess it's a must kill. Um yeah. And yeah, you're not going to draw enough lands to make up for sacking the land every turn if you're attacking with it every turn. No. So, so you do need to you need to play smart with this card. You can't just be aggressive. Yeah. Or I poop out a bunch of creatures. Or you build a, the deck that you can play lands from your graveyard. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah, that works like, too. Like the original Get Rock deck, right? Um. Because even in standard, the uh. The most flavorful card in the last set fits that bill, yeah. doesn't it? I yeah, can't remember the, what it's called now. The Crucible of Worlds, but not Crucible yeah. of Worlds. The Lattice or something. Right. No, Microsynth Lattice was um, turns artifacts, uh, everything into artifacts. No, yeah. the Crucible of Worlds, the one from last set, the two green, two colorless. Yeah, no, I'm just saying that Microsynth Lattice yeah, was not. Yeah, it was Microsynth something. No, um, I don't think I think you're thinking of a different card. Probably. Uh, Gardens, yeah. Encroaching Microsynth? Yeah, Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking of. But yeah, you know which one I'm talking about. Wish I knew the name of it. Yeah, I'm pulling up the show notes because I don't want to sound stupid. I don't want you to sound stupid. Does it it have Seed Core in it? it... Yeah, I think it's Seed Core. That's what. Conduit of Worlds. 
That's it. Conduit of worlds. See, that's why I thought Crucible of Worlds. It's Conduit of Worlds. Well, it is. Yep. It's the Crucible of Worlds remade. But yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah. Definitely fits that build. Put it in there. Bam. Mm-hmm. Done. All right. Let's do our next pick. Who's up next? Uh, I will go with, is or is it, it Ben's turn? No, it's you. Ben picked the. I'm going to pick my Praetor of choice, Elish Norn. Mm. Uh, so Elish Norn is two white, two colorless, three five with vigilance. Whenever a source an opponent controls deals damage to you or a permanent you control, that source's controller loses two life unless they pay one. Like all of the Praetors, you can flip it. It costs two colorless, one white. You sacrifice three other creatures, exile it, return it to the battlefield transformed. The saga called the Argent Etchings, and its first step is incubate two five times, then transform all incubator tokens you control. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second step is creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain double strike until the mm-hmm. end of turn. Right after you've created a bunch of token creatures. Five of them, yeah. Yeah. And then the third step is destroy all other permanents except for artifacts, lands, and Phyrexians. Exile Mm. the Argent etchings and return it to the battlefield. That's as Elish Norn. Dude. Mm. That's pretty sick. I, I if it was even without the etchings, like I feel like whenever a source and opponent controls deal damage to you yeah. or a permanent you control, they lose two life unless they pay one is a pretty brutal effect. Yep. Uh, I agree. Very death and taxes feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's strong. And then the, the whole Argent etchings, like incubating five times and yeah. The art on the uh, saga side is pretty sick too. Yeah, Being held in place by a throne of hands. Ooh, stuff and nightmares. Watch, all all of these praetors are going to be negated by the stupid. Uh, what's the name of the card? Now I play it all the time and I can't think of it. All of a sudden, four black and a colorless opponent sacrifices a creature. Well, invoke despair. Yeah, yeah. Mm, all yeah. of these sagas are going to be negated by invoke despair. Yeah. It's a strong card, man. Yep. Nobody I hope that's not the case because I, I'm tired of seeing Invoke Despair everywhere, but yeah. even though I play it. Well, you only got like six months, six more months of it in standard, yeah. so. Be the change you want to see in the world, man. Stop playing it. <laughs> but it's so strong. I didn't really... I didn't really want to play it. It was like I was looking for something to build in standard <laughs> and I didn't have a lot of wild cards and I was like, I have every card in here except for Invoke Despair. I mean, yeah. that's fair. That's that's an arena problem. That's not you problem. Yeah. And so I was just like, okay, well, this is the cheapest viable standard deck that I can build. Mm, yep. So on to the next card or do we want to talk about us some more? No, we can move on to the next one. <laughs> Here's my card. Here's my team up card. Uh, Zorgo and Ojitai from Tarkir, or as I like to call it, Jeskai Rides Again. 
because it's Ojitai and you can cast him with Jessai callers. It's cool. I like it. It's Flying neat. America. America. Anyways, so it's two generic white, uh, blue, red, and white flying haste creature. 4-4. Four, four. It has hexproof as long as it entered the battlefield this turn. So you get hexproof turn, it comes into play. Cool. Whatever. Whenever one or more dragons you control deal combat and damage to a player or battle, look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So you may return one of those dragons to its owner's hand. It's sneaky, but that one of the dragons to its owner's hand is pretty good. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of ETB effects on dragons mm-hmm. that are debilitating. Yeah. And if um, you're building a deck with this homie in it, you're going to have some dragons, obviously. Yeah, this does scream commander to me, but um, that's not a negative uh, thing. Also of note, they they worded it in a way that would prevent you from getting a trigger from every dragon. But the way that it is worded still allows you to get the trigger on both first strike and regular combat damage. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. So if so you, you had double strike, you would get two triggers. Lots of dragons give. Mm. Neat. Nice. Pretty sick card, in my opinion. I liked it. I just like Ojitai, and I like Jeskai, and um, Selgro is an interesting character from the... Uh, yeah, I, Katara, I have a buddy but, who played Ojitai Control when it was in Standard. Mm-hmm. And he sent me this all excited. He's like, oh man, Ojitai's back. And I was like, oh yeah, no, it's a good card. Do you think yep. it's as good as the original Ojitai? Uh, you, do you know what the original Ojitai? I do, but I can't think of it off the top of my head, so no. Let me look it up. Okay. I'm looking at it. Um, I have it. Dra- it's like one of my favorite cards. Dragon Lord but- Ojitai? No, that's a commander card. Like, yeah, no, it was in Dragon Lord Tark here. It, it yeah, is flying, in the commander thing. Dragon Lord Ojitai has hexproof as long as it's untapped. When Dragon Lord Ojitai deals combat damage to a player, look at the top three cards of your library, put one of them into your hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So it's right. That's definitely the one they're referencing here too, with the uh, top three card ability. Uh-huh. So I, I like I do like this card. It's a great card. I just think the original Ojitai having hexproof as long as it's untapped gives it a little bit of an edge than just yeah. hexproof the turn it comes in. Yep, I agree. But also the card. Is pretty yeah. OP. Yeah, no, this card slaps. <laughs> yep. And yes, the, the hexproof, as long as it's untapped, made that card ridiculous. And mm-hmm. that's why he was everywhere. <laughs> I like how it's an orc dragon. What a combination of mm-hmm. creature types. It's just the orc <laughs> and the dragon, man. You can get much better. Yeah. Than All right. Who's up next? Uh, that's me. I will say. Um, I'll go on my other normal card rants here. Um, change the equation. It's the one blue and one colorless instant. Choose one. Counter target spell with mana two va- mana value two or less or counter target red or green spell with mana value six or less. I, I really like this card. There's a couple other cards in this set that do this idea, but it combines like a sideboard and a mainboard card into one. Hmm. Um, which is very helpful. It seems like a cool, um, you know, uh, design philosophy that they've dipped into. This is them designing for best of one, is it not? 
Probably. Or it's them designing for modern. Yeah. <laughs> that too. Um, Counter target spell with mana value two or less is pretty. Yep. It screams modern. Yeah. Yeah. But it so also has um, what's what's the what's the card that does uh, red or green? Fry. Oh, um, aether gust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it counters it fully. But in either way, that's that. It takes a sideboard and puts it on the main card. Well, well, aether like gust that. was not. It's well, I guess it returns it to their hand. Count. It returns yeah. it to either the top, top or, the or the bottom of their library. Right. Yeah. Well, they can. Uh, in my opinion, save the modern designs for modern math, uh, modern horizons three personally. Um, but you mean Lord of the Rings, modern horizons three, right? No, <laughs> Lord of the Rings isn't modern horizon three. It's in the name. It's Lord of the Rings. We went over this last podcast. Man. They're going to call it modern horizons next and be like, this is not modern horizons three. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Okay. So yeah, sick card. I like it. Yeah. I just like how they're that design philosophy. I wanted mm-hmm. to yeah. give some credit to it. I like I said, I think it's best of one, uh designing for best of one, but modern I can see that as well. Yeah, it definitely also has a best of one feel. I think a lot of cards that they put out recently have that best of one feel. Because they, they want to keep the arena the people happy that just want to play games while they're on the pooper. Um Right. Well if they didn't make it the most efficient way to get stuff done. Yeah, yeah, I will uh, agree with you on that one. Okay, next pick. Sure, let's keep this. Uh, I guess I will go with my uh, combination um, that I spent a long time debating between two of, but we'll go uh, Baral and Kari Zev. Uh, I think that's how you say those names. Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah, uh, it is one red, one blue, one colorless. It is a 2-4 with First Strike and Menace. Whenever you cast your first instant or sorcery spell each turn, you may cast a spell with lesser mana value that shares a card type with it from your hand without paying its mana cost. If you don't, create First Mate Ragavan, a legendary 2-1 Red Monkey Pirate Creature token. It gains haste until the end of turn. And you don't exile it at end of turn like old Karizev. Right. Mm. I so, so basically every time you cast an instant or sorcery, you either get another free instant or sorcery, or you get a two one hasty monkey, monkey, monkey pirate. pirate creature token. Nice. Yeah. Legendary I, I like monkey pirate yes. creature token. Because they couldn't possibly have more words in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a crazy monkey token. I want to take a moment uh to complain that Ben did not Downroad, uh, download and put in the drive for me the actual card and had to go with this uh, master look. <laughs> made it very hard. It to looks find. great. Oh, it looks cool as hell, but when you're like looking for it, you're like, where is it? It's supposed to be red <laughs> or blue. And it's like, oh, it's the masterwork frame, which yeah. apparently they're bringing back this and um, some invocation frames too, from my understanding. Yeah, pretty, yeah, yeah. Pretty much every plane that has had one of these specialty or every set that's had one of these specialty frames is coming back for a card from that set or not a card from that set but you know people from that set yeah yeah like ragavan is uh coming with that frame Mm. from uh kaladesh or whatever yep but 
I also want to point out one more thing about this. It's clearly two people, Baral and Kari Zev, but its creature type is legendary creature, human. Not humans, just human. Because you can't... You, you, that's not, I know, you can't have humans, but humans that's a different, different creature type than human. But it's just funny to me how it's <laughs> clearly two people. And every other one, they put orc dragon, you know? Yeah. But it's just too human. This, this human. card does play very well with your Urobras. Mm, that it does. Yes. Tanya, is it Spellslingers? Where is that? I mean, it could make a, like, with Urobras in, in this card, it could make a break in standard. Mm. Yeah. You got some Phoenixes now. You got two Phoenixes. Now, how can we shoehorn in white so I can get Ojitai and do uh, Jeskai Spellslinger? That's a real question. Oh, that's that's probably pretty easy, honestly. Ooh, we should work on that because you could do that. Mm. But uh, what's the white removal? Fateful absence. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, Sick March. All right. Yeah. Next next card. Let's do next card. Whose pick is it? It's me. Oh, it's, it is me. It's Chromo Seed Shark. It's friction shark typhoon, dude. It's just like look at the art. It's got little 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 danglies. It's crazy. Anyways, it's a pretty cool card too. Um, uh, so the danglies are those incubators? I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. You just drop them off. Drop them off. Uh, anyways, it's a two and a blue creature, Frexian shark, flying. Uh, it's a two four. Uh, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, incubate X, where X is that spell's mana value. And then, you know, you're just like pooping out little incubators. This card is just uh, what would happen if we Phyrexianized Shark Typhoon, right? Yeah. Yep, exactly. It's cool, though. Look at it. It's amazing. Everything about this card screams awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I don't love it as much as Shark Typhoon. Well, but I I love Shark Typhoon only because you got surprise sharks when Mm. you cycled it. Yeah, that's (laughs) like made Shark Typhoon. That's the thing that makes Shark Typhoon absolutely annoying is just surprise sharks. Um, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, the thing that I love about Shark Typhoon is actually hard casting it, and then. Yeah, getting flying sharks every time I cast a planeswalker. Well, yeah. it is busted. Ah, anyways, very cool card. I don't think there's much else to say about it. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, so we'll yeah. move on to uh, Ben's pick again. Yeah, sort of once in future, three colorless artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and has protection from blue and from black. Whenever a quick creature deals combat damage to a player, surveil two. Then you may cast an instant or sorcery spell with mana value two or less from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. If that spell would be put into the graveyard, exile it instead. And you can slip it for two. So good. I, think, I just feel like they want you to do spell slinger shit. This card. I think this might be my favorite sword. I, I need to play with it, but. So to note, you surveil two first, and then yeah, you get to mm. cast something from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. Like that's good. We're gonna have to update the sword tier list now that we have them. Yeah, I know. Blue and black—that is a great yeah, protection. Like, great protection colors, great effect. Like it's fire and ice might still have a slight edge on it, but 
it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I'm glad somebody picked this. I didn't want to be the guy that picked the sword, but I'm glad we got the yeah, it. It plays well with Aerobrass, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Hmm, I'm smelling a deck here. Hell Slingers, man. I'm telling you. And with both your Monastery Swift Spear and your Monastery Mentor out there? Mm-hmm. Challenge mm-hmm. Jeskai spell slinging. You're selling me on this idea that I came up with <laughs> that I was already sold <laughs> on. Totally, totally brand new idea. <laughs> All right. Uh, right. Next pick. Who is it? Me? No. Other day. Me. <laughs> um, let's go with my backup card the Archpriest of Shadows. Two black, three colorless, has backup one and. Also, Death Touch, and whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player or battle, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's hot. Pretty strong. It can surprise people, I'm guessing, since you can put that token on someone else. Yep, so you do it when they don't have blockers, then yep. you surprise it in. and I, then Or you do it when they have one blocker you want to kill. Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. Because then they, they either have block to it. block it or you get it out of the graveyard and you get to kill their creature. Yep. Um, That's good. The only thing I don't like about this card, I meant to mention it in one of the cards earlier too. Player or battlefield bothers me. Oh yeah, player or battle, yeah. Because like you're specifically excluding Planeswalker, and I know cards have done that in the past. You have to deal damage to a player. Um, yeah. But just like if if you're gonna specify battle, why wouldn't you also put plane? Like, right? Hmm. I agree with you because planeswalker should be equal to player because player is also planeswalker, right? Well, that's the way the old that's the way the old planeswalkers rules worked, but they revised them, and now you have to you can just directly. No, what I'm saying is like the player is a planeswalker technically so why would it be different? Uh, because you're getting meta and you need to stop it. <laughs> sure. But I mean, I'm okay with it because obviously this is very specifically a battle set. But like, It just kind of limits it in the future, yeah. Right, but also it creates a, a world where six sets down the road say they don't make any more battles. How often do they need to put battle on the creature that they're making? How often do they need to specify right. that, that it's, if it deals damage to a battle? How convoluted are the card wordings going to get? Right. I think that we're going to see battle return more often than not, just because it's just a flavorful way to depict conflict. Uh, they're going to end up with so many of these things that eventually other creatures are going to say whenever this creature deals combat damage to something other than a creature. Yeah. Yep. And that's going to be the more efficient wording. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, all this, all the battles in this set are sieges, right? Yes. And they all flip. Mm -hmm. I I can see a world where the next time they do battle, it's like skirmish and it doesn't flip and just has a destroys Mm -hmm. effect. Maybe when it's destroyed, it does this. Hmm. Okay. I can see where you're going with, but I was under the impression that battles in general were going to play. Yeah. I can see a world where maybe some of the future battles don't have when you cast it effects. Mm-hmm. I can see that, yeah. But I don't see a future where the battle, because then there's no reason to attack the battle. 
Well, it could say with, when all cather, ca- counters are removed, then do draw four cards or wipe. you know wipe the board. Well, I guess, but then it would just have an instant on the other side, probably. Yeah, yeah you're right. Because that's what they do. do. Yeah, you're right. That's because of what they're doing now. That, that is what they're doing now. You're right. The exile and flip is. In the but battle. you can counterspell that instant. You can't. Wouldn't be able to counterspell anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Look, man. I mean, technically, you would be able to activate an ability. Yeah. It's not an activated ability. I would imagine it's exiled and then put into play. Right. Yeah, it's an activated ability. Cast it, yeah. It's cast. You exile and then you can cast it. That's how battles work. Oh, so it can be countered. Yeah, Yeah, it can. But if you had it so that it was saying, like, when when you remove all the counters, then destroy all creatures, that would be an activated ability. Or triggered ability. Sorry. But anyway. I just don't think it works that way, man. I think you're smoking crack. Let's move on. My pick? Sure. Your pick. Tell us about your card. Okay. Ah. Invasion of New Phyrexia. Um, I like this card. It's a cool uh, story beat. And the other side of it's really cool. So it's X, white, blue. When Invasion of New Phyrexia enters the battlefield, create X22 white and blue knight token creatures. Knight creature tokens with vigilance. And it has six defense. So pretty neat. Uh, story beat that somebody finally pulls their head out of their butts and realizes that you can't take down New Phyrexia with six planeswalkers who are sneaky uh, and instead brings an army. That's cool. I like that. It's been training for this for a very long time. I know, right? Sick. Anyways, so I like that. And then the flip side is my boy Teferi being a badass. So is a plus one ability. He gets four loyalty when he enters the battlefield. And then plus one loyalty, draw two cards, then discard two cards unless you discard a creature card. Cool. Negative two ability, you get an emblem with knights you control, get plus one, plus zero, and have ward. Uh, ward stacks, if I'm not mistaken. Tell me if I'm it wrong. Would. Yes. So multiple versions of this emblem will give you better protection for your creatures. Pretty cool. And then it's negative three is tap X creatures you control. When you do... Shuffle, target, non-land permit, and opponent controls with mana value X or less into its owner's library. Whew. That's pretty wild. What do you guys think? It's a fairy card. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It, I, like I it. mean, uh, one note I want to make here, because yep. you didn't mention it. The, the name of the flipped card is, is the fairy Akosa of Zalfir. Hmm. And I like that he is going back to his roots in this. Mm. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, and I didn't know his last name until right now, until I read this card. I, I really like this card. I think it's really strong. It, I, too. it does not feel like your traditional Teferi. Mm. You know, with his uh, creature-based effects, both in the yeah. plus one and the minus two. Mm-hmm. He's a leader. Huh? Dude. But yeah, I like the transition, the new way we see Teferi in this, and uh, I, I I do like this card a lot because it plays well with itself. And you are making knights, and then you are buffing knights. Yeah, it's sick. I love everything about it. 
the art on the front half is really cool. Yeah. And also... And I know I'm beating a dead horse, but I did want to point out that in the reminder text for this card, it says, as a siege enters, and then it goes on, blah, 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 and then when it's defeated, exile, and then cast it, transform. They could make it so that a skirmish enters has different reminder text. I see what you're saying yeah, I feel you. It's not inherent to battle that it does that. It's inherent to siege that it does that. Yeah, it's inherent to siege this up thing. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, very cool, cool card. Love I it. I also like that this is the one invasion card that is not Phyrexia invading. Yeah, yeah. Teferi brought an army. Hell yeah, he did. Uh, it's just such a cool. I I want to read the story based on this card alone because this is probably yeah, a freaking. That's not what I expected would happen. Stick ass story. No, I didn't either. I thought they were going <laughs> to defend Dominaria. Like it would pop back and be like, ah, right. but nah, they're like, forget. I mean, they did telegraph it when they in the side story in Brothers War when they were or in Mom went or uh, one when they were, um, you know, training to, to beat Phyrexia for so long. I has. Has the part of the story that people don't like been spoiled for you? No, don't don't spoil it. Are you talking about the Elspeth specific spoiler? No. Nah. Okay. I don't know what you're talking nah. about then, so... Then, all right, good. So, I, I took my earphones off. Right, we'll leave it at that. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Yeah. Speaking but, of Elspeth. But there, it was just like in every group that I'm in, people were like, oh, and I was like, oh. Tell me after. I just spent like six hours right after the podcast to finish the story, huh? All right. I'll go to my card. It's uh, Archangel Elspeth to White White, Legendary Planeswalker Elspeth. For starting loyalty, plus one, create a 1 1 white soldier creature token with lifelink. Minus two, put two 1 1 counters on target creature. It becomes an angel in addition to its other types and gains flying. Minus six, return all land, non-land permanents with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. So initially, this uh, uh, Elspeth card does Elspeth things. Um, but that minus six is what I really picked this card for. It's a strong minus six, and white especially. Yep. So you wrath the board, and then minus six her, and you get all your stuff back. Well, if it's mana value three or less. But it seems like a cool play. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you probably don't even need the wrath. You probably don't want to wrath with this. Um, yeah, because you'd have to uptick at least twice. But yeah. Uh, yeah, and like most of what you're playing is going to fall into that purview anyway. Mm-hmm. But chances are just you activating it is going to be enough to alter the board state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more of a white the, card than a um, big angel card, but yeah. Because I mean, this is, you're getting back most likely your brutal Cathars. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, what else has an ETB in white right now that is seen um, by? Yeah, farmhands. Yeah, I, I, there's enough that you're getting back that's just going to affect the board by coming into the battlefield. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, something like Pioneer, this could push that uh, white deck just just over the the threshold into like really good. It's already a decent deck in Pioneer, but yeah, the one one isn't as much protection for Elspeth as you would like on the plus side. Mm-hmm. But the minus two giving a creature two counters and some evasion Lines, is pretty yeah. pretty good too. Mm, yep, this is a cool card, and I'm glad it doesn't cost five or six. It's like the sweet spot of four. I like it. So apparently when you're not an asshole, 
and you set off a Silex, you become an angel? <laughs> I think that was always going to happen. Uh, I don't know. I guess we'll have to read the story to find out. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. I almost like instinctually, now. I almost just said something. And I was like, "Oh shoot, I can't say that." I was trying to goad you because I, I, I'm pretty sure I know what happens, but <laughs> I'm just being a jerk. Okay, uh, <laughs> next pick. Whose whose pick is it? Other Dave. Yeah, it is my final pick, and I'm going to go with my siege card. Not that I have much of a choice, and that is the siege of Tol Tolvada. Uh, it is three colorless, one white, one black, or three generic, one white, one black, however you want to say it. Uh, when Invasion of Tovada enters the battlefield, return target non-battle permanent card from your graveyard to the battlefield, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty powerful for five. There's- Especially graveyard mechanics, man, where you're dumping big, beefy dudes. Yeah. <laughs> It has five defense counters on it. When it flips, it becomes the broken sky. Creature tokens you control get plus one, plus oh, and have lifelink. And at the beginning of your end step, create a one, one, white, and black spirit token with flying. That's an example where you don't necessarily have to tack down the the front side. I mean, the back side's decent, but really getting a big stompy, would you could, you could make that your game plan and just... Yeah, like or yeah. a planeswalker. Or a big enchantment, I guess. But yeah. probably, you're probably going big creature, big planeswalker. Yeah, I'd get a fat creature out, man. But I, I think the Broken Sky is more powerful than some other ones, just because, uh, you know, I always go back to when I look at a card, can this card alone win me the game? Mm-hmm. Creature tokens you control get plus one, plus oh, and have lifelink. And at the beginning of your instep, you create a 1-1 one, one white and black spirit token with flying. 2-1... Lifelink flyers that you are creating one of every turn, yeah, can win you the game. Yeah, it certainly can. It was especially in like a Mardu um, mid range style deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, there's already so many tokens in the white decks that are floating around now. With mm, yeah, wedding mm-hmm. announcement. Oh, I really hate wedding. Um, real. I. I think if you're going Mardu, even you could say, uh, "What's it, does what's his fake make tokens or copies?" Um, the enchantment, EG, he, he makes copies, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah, but they are they are tokens. Oh yeah, the so. copies the copies would be tokens, right? Or mm. maybe I have that wrong. No, I think you're trying to think about how it looks on Magic Arena since they token or not. I don't know. Yeah, it's neither here nor there. Yes, yeah, so the copy is a token. Sick. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, my pick now? And the uh, the little goblin shaman at the beginning is also a token. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that thing sucks just because it makes... Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway. But also, um, your incubator token creatures, oh, your Frexian yeah. flip sides would be... <laughs> you put Alish Norn in that Mardu deck and a bunch of... Two, two, three, three, two lifelinkers for flying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, well, I guess they wouldn't have flying, but they still have lifelink. Yep. All right. Next pick. We done? It's a cool card. I, I don't think I can say anything else that hasn't already been said. Neat. So we'll move on to my pick. All right. So we have here a Realm Breaker. The Invasion Tree is three generic mana, and it is an artifact that is legendary. 
It has two abilities. Ability uh, pay two, tap, target opponent mills three cards, put a land card from their graveyard onto the battlefield tapped under your control. Um, it gains if this land would leave the battlefield exile instead of putting it elsewhere. So, cool. Steal lands. I like it. Or, you know, just put them in your graveyard and take your lands out. Um, and then... Yeah, it has very strong uh, five-color control vibes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, an ability, pay 10, tap, sacrifice, realm breaker, the invasion tree, search your library for any number of Praetor cards, put them onto the battlefield, then shuffle. Yep. <laughs> this is a broke ability, but also it costs a lot. So uh, what do we think about this? Uh, Dude, I can well, do this turn four in Commander. Commander? You haven't won the game by turn four in Commander. You're playing it wrong. Um, we're talking about Commander? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a Commander card. Is it? Um, is it? Yeah. Yep. Is it? I mean, oh, it sure is. You see, put all the traders ever ever invented one of each in your in your deck, and then just something to search for this, I guess. Because yep. otherwise, if you don't get this, then you're not. Yeah, uh, shit, right? Uh, Stone right. Forge. Uh, all the tutors. You put all the tutors in. You put all the. You know, I'm if your commander has to be five colors, I'm sure there's something that helps. My bad. You know, being five I'm, colors do this thing. And then they just, uh, you know, abrade it and your whole game plan is done and you've lost. Yeah. Do, uh, uh, Jonah, uh, Unifier Forces. There you go. There you go. Legendary things, right? Yep. But anyway, Um, it's a cool card. I like it. I don't know how. Yeah, I would be real interested to see what a deck built around this looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, Bootlegger Stash. You make a whole bunch of treasure tokens. Um, no, I don't, I don't like that either. Ooh, how about Omnath? It, uh, he turns all your uh, unspent mana into black mana. Huh. So can I talk you guys no. into uh, doing a challenge to break this card? Because we haven't done one. It's, in, it's interesting because it's wild card intensive mm. in theory. You're probably going to have to have at least four of these and at least yeah. one of each crater. Yeah. Prune. Yeah. Yeah. Damn Arena's economy always keeping us from doing cool shit. <laughs> right. I mean, if there was somewhere else, we could do it. But. Dude, dude, it, let's let's say this. It it says search your library for any number of Praetor cards. They don't have to be unique. I know they're all legendary, but if they have ETBs, like, holy crap. <laughs> do any Praetors have ETBs? I know one that doesn't. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, not. I can't think of any. At the moment, that currently have ETVs. Would no, uh, I don't think so. Question, because this is a um, stacking triggers type thing in uh, legendary creatures. Would you, you would not be able to transform one? No, and put one out. No, would Elish Norn's uh, negative ability apply to in multiple instances, like three hit the board at the same time? affect the no. board. Okay. That's what I was wondering. All right. No. Yeah, I don't know if getting multiple of them matters, but uh it's No, cuz I don't think they have they have any ETBs. No. I think it's cool. I I picked it because it's a story card and it's pretty flavorful and I wanted to talk about the the pay 10 ability because 
interesting conversation about whether or not it's good. Cause yeah, I, the two ability is fun. I like the two ability. Oh, yeah. I like it in, in general. Oh, or, I'm sorry. The two new uh, Vornclex has search your library for two floors on ATB, and Shouldered has target opponent sacrifices a creature. Oh, on ATB. Okay. oh, okay. So you can search four Shoulders and make them sacrifice four creatures. Or planeswalkers, yeah, non-token creature or planeswalker. Nice. Each opponent. That'd be pretty sick. Um, don't forget Shouldered's uh, flip too. If you flip it. The last ability gets all creatures out of all graveyards, right? Yeah. So you could bring back your three shoulders and make them sacrifice again three more times. Yes. Ten is a high number. Yeah. I mean, even even stealing one of your opponent's lands every turn. Um, Ten is a high number. That's why I said it's a commander card because, you know, mana crypt and mana vault and all that stuff exists. You can also, not that it matters, I suppose, but get the non-Phyrexian Praetors with this card. <laughs> the, the Easter Bunny? Yeah, the, the Ebon Praetor that's the Easter Bunny first strike triple. <laughs> you know, watch the Praetor tier show and you'll 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 get all of them. You'll get all of them, but those are Praetors and you can search them up. Did we do a Praetor tier show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. With the swords. Swords and Praetors? Mm. Did we have the Easter Bunny in there? Yeah, yeah, the Ebon Praetor. It has an mm. Easter. It, it has a guy in a plague mask preaching on a pulpit to the Easter Bunny, a <laughs> imp, and a mer creature. It's really funny art. I can't remember. You don't remember this? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't. I don't know how I don't remember it either. Wild. The, the episodes run together. There's been 38 of them. This. I get it. I get it. So who's up next? Uh, for this is my last card. The last card of the show. Um, but really, there are two cards that I want to show. But really, the one I'm focusing on is Voldaren Thrillseeker. It's one red, two colorless creature, vampire warrior. It's a 1 1. It has backup two, which mm-hmm. you put two 1 1 counters on the creature that you target. Um, if it's not the Thrillseeker you're targeting, um, it gains the following ability until end of turn. Pay one, sacrifice this creature. It deals damage equal to its power to any target. So it's an expensive fling. Yes, but... I can turn my creatures into a lightning bolt? Is that what you're telling me? Yes. I won once? Yeah. Mm. But fling is not standard legal or pioneer legal. For four mana, you could turn your creature into a lightning bolt. I love lightning bolts that much, man. You friggin... Don't even with me. But that that's why you that's why you fling this next card. The uh you know what I'm talking about? I hope it's the one I think you're talking about. Yeah. It's Yargle and Multani. I in eighteen six. So <laughs> you you back up two, which gives Yargle and Multani two on one counters, makes it a twenty eight. And then they're dead. I hate the flavor text on this card so much. I, this is why I was hoping you talk about it because I just want to bitch for a second about this card. Flavor text. I hate it yes, so much. I love it. No, I hate it. It's 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 too much for me. Do you want to read it? Because I can't do it. I'll die. Yeah, I've heard much about you from my daughter. Matani rumbled. There was a time when I'd balk at your aid, Phantom, but she has shown me the merit in Urborg's strange ways. <laughs> replied Yargle. <laughs> it's so cringe. I hate it so much. It physically pains me. It's but look, this is this is the first vanilla creature they've printed in like umpteen sets. 
<laughs> they have to put some flavor text on there. They, no, Remind me they again. had to make it f- vanilla so they could put this flavor text on it. Exactly. How much does uh does he cost? The cast He's five or six. He costs six. Okay. <laughs> it's it's such a relevant selection of uh, creature types as well. I love it. it, it yeah, that was so frogs. Frog spirit elemental. The, the, my last pick is mostly just a meme, but <laughs> dude, it's it's so bad. I like. I. Uh, <sighs> I like I like Yargle and Multani. The, the card itself, I like it. No, it's a neat story card. It's not. No, I like the eighteen six part of it. Really, you're gonna pay six man yep. for eighteen six creature? Yes, with a book of flavor text that has a terrible punchline on it. <laughs> Flavor texts don't matter. It's got an 18 power. Other Dave, back me up here. Is this a good card? It's a bad card. It's a bad card. Okay. <laughs> I'm um, going to use it against you and, and kill you. Good luck. This um, exact this exact uh, thing here, Valderan 3 Seeker into Fling Yargle and I Matondi. think you only like it because of Valderan's spell uh, Thrill Seeker. I don't, I don't, if that card didn't exist, I don't think you'd be hot on this card. Um, until until they make a uh, you know an uncard that gives a creature plus one plus one for each word in its flavor text. Yeah. And well, there are things you can do with the Argumentani. I'm not saying that it is a broken card or anything, but you know you can give it haste. You can you know X Y Z surprise attack eighteen six. But yeah, it's not. I mean, Thali and the Get Rock Monster at four four is a better card. <laughs> It's got cool art. I will give it that. Well, and I love Get Rog, and I love Multani. It's perfect. Yargle in the uh, in Multani yes. sounds like it's one of those cards that like early Magic players love. Yeah, it's like one of those cards. Like you see, you're like, oh my gosh, an eighteen six. I have to yeah. put this in my deck. Right. What is yeah. this? Nineteen ninety four. I think it's a callback to that more than anything. Really, <laughs> raw worm. <laughs> okay, oh it's a six six. Crawworm was the best. Or six four. Yeah. <laughs> For four? For six. And you, oh, and yeah, and you would pay something, right? No, that's not the one I'm thinking yeah, of. It's just six for six four. What's what's the one that has it's like, oh, it's a craw giant. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of. He has Rampage 2. Mm. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's one of those cards that like starting magic players are obsessed with. And yeah talk about like it's the star of their deck mm-hmm. and uh it's really just trash yeah it's well, one of those cards you would have traded for your city of brass for <laughs> damn mm-hmm. had to go there on a roast um, like that. I, I made the same mistake like i i make fun of you for it but you know at one point i traded a a wrath of god for don't even remember the, the card's name that's yeah, how well, bad the card it was creatures right it's, that's exactly what I was like. Man, I don't want to destroy my creatures. This is wild. Who would ever play this card? Um, have you heard uh, Mark Rosewater's uh, Mox Emerald story? Mm-mm. No. This is probably the the worst example of not of, of the trading the card. So um, he buys a bunch of cards and is opening. I think he was opening packs with that. Anyways, he's uh, doing some card swapping with his uh, his dad. He's like. Dad's like, I see you got a Mox Emerald. He's like, oh, yeah, you can just have that. It's what's it's like a forest, whatever. <laughs> and uh, if I recall correctly, he didn't even trade his dad anything for it. He's just like, just have it. It's fine, whatever. 
<laughs> as far from the forest. Yeah. Uh, but when, I suppose when you first look at it, you're like, well, if I just put a forest in my deck, it does the same thing, right? But yeah, it's not really. Uh, right. So that was the last card. Uh, I'm okay with you getting the extra one, considering that I got to complain about this particular card a little bit. And uh, let's move on to most flavorful or most lickable, if you will, card from this set. We do it every set release. We pick a card, the one that we would most like to lick. Uh, as it is the most flavorful. You guys have any nominations? Um, I mean, I I know which one wins. If you're asking me that, Dude, oh, which one wins? Play along. Come on, spoil it for me, <laughs> dude. Shit. Let me take a quick look at the the spoilers here. Uh, hmm, 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 hmm. Frexian Shark Typhoon. That's my nomination, dude. I was gonna nominate that one. Oh yeah, because it wins. Duh. Does <laughs> it? Okay, what would you say? What's your nomination there, other Dave? So, uh, I have two. I have Moment of Truth. Okay. But I also have uh, Elspeth Smite. Are you pulling a card in from the audience like it's a steel chair? Is that what you're doing to me right now? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. um, you're killing me, Small, so I'll have to find it and pull it up. I'm going to nominate okay. two as well because I do what I want. Um, obviously, Fraction, uh, Invasion of New Frexia. Cool story beat. Uh, and then obviously Realm Breaker because it's sick. So uh, talk about those ones. Regular Realm Breaker or uh, Ren and Realm Breaker? Wait, 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 wait. I found it. I found it. It's called Referee Squad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an uncard, I swear to God. Yeah, no, it's not. It's part of the set. <laughs> it's so flavorful. Uh, you guys are killing me. Jareth, that's who I traded my. Wrath of God for was Jareth. Jareth. Jareth, oh, Leon, and Titan. Not the guy from, um, uh, not David Bowie from Labyrinth. No, not that Jareth. Okay. <sighs> oh, yeah, that thing. Referee what? Referee squad. <laughs> I can't believe this card exists and it's not an unset. <laughs> it sounds like it would be an unset. So it has, uh, I'll explain the card. It's one blue and two generic creature homunculus. It has Convoke. You can tap your creatures to pay for it. Vigilance, when referee squad enters the battlefield, tap target creature and opponent controls and put a stun counter on it. It's a 2-2. You have to see the picture for you to get the joke. So go look up the picture right now if you're on the audio version. Anyways, referee squad, there you go. Boom. (laughs) They're literally wearing referee outfits. <laughs> uh, and they, they take you out of the game and, and, and put you in timeout for a turn. <laughs> like they put you in the penalty box. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> if Vornaclex was fighting just some random Mirren in his card, I would pick him. It's a cool card. Not sure. I want to look an eyeball, though. Yeah, they they do only have one. Okay, so Elspeth Might was the name of the card you want me to look up? I'm pretty sure. I'm double-checking it to make sure. But, yeah, that's Elspeth Might. Mm, that's some cool art, actually. Boom. Huh, yeah? I actually think it's going to be an underrated card, too. I think this is going to see some play. Mm, I don't know, man. It seems like a severely restricted lightning bolt to me. Oh, man. <laughs> it is, but it exiles. So, okay. 
What about Kithkin Billy Rider? It's a it's a little girl on a goat. <laughs> Billy Rider. Yeah. <laughs> it's like riding a goat. Riding a Billy Goat. How'd they how'd they do this? This is so fun. Dramatic mm. <laughs> like, revelation Ooh. is a good one too. Can you guys please stop? <laughs> well, I can explain. Traumatic Revelation uh, is Nissa real or not Nissa? It's Chandra coming face to face with completed Nissa. Oh yeah, I seen that one. That's a good one. That's a good story. But I feel like it's a good story. Yeah, they're friends, right? Uh, That's the thing. Lovers. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, yeah. Well, that was one of the things that people hated about the War of the Spark novel is that they kind of tried to walk that back, but. Uh, yeah, they. It was never like it was never canon. It was kind of implied, mm. and then War of the Spark novel comes out, and Nissa is straight all of a sudden, and people uh, are like, "What? What the? F-? We thought you know Chandra and Nissa was a thing." There was some vibes. Everybody saw it. What was the name of Kithkin Billy Rider? Yeah, right. I can't you- remember the name of the card now. There's also one, and I'm not, you don't need to look this up. Um, but the one that has the art of Karn holding oh, yep. Elish Norn's head. Oh, that yep. one's sick. Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw that and was like, oh, spoilers. Kith Ken Billy Rider is a cute card. I'm going to. <laughs> you, you didn't want to just stop at the shark. Dude, you wanted to jump it, I, so I found two cards that jumped the shark. Didn't tell you to destroy the bit and start bringing in cards from all over the place. Um, <laughs> cool card. I don't think that I want to lick a uh, what looks like to be a little girl though. So we're gonna exclude this yeah. from the uh, the contest. I was gonna say, so you'd rather lick a shark that's phyrexianized, but then I was like, <laughs> yeah, I would rather lick a shark that's phyrexianized. Um. <laughs> If if the world tree was actually the world tree, but it's just a tribute. Yeah, see, so oh, uh, dang, we don't do tribute bands on this uh, podcast. So. I so I'm changing all my picks. Okay, let's go. Storm the Seed Core. Mm-hmm. We've already talked about it and why it's yep. important. Yep, that's what I'm. That's my pick. Okay, I mean. Uh, can we just give an honorable mention somewhere down the line of all these cool cards to Omnath, Lo- Lo- Omnath Locus of All? He finally completed his um, Wooberg. You know, completed his Wooberg. Oh. <laughs> oh God, this is not a jet. This is not a dad joke podcast. Stop it. Uh, Storm the Sea Core, very flavorful. Gives you counters. They're pushing red. It, it, it is exactly what you said it was earlier. How about that? I mean, my pick's still referee squad, but you guys pick what you want. Okay, I'm gonna pull up Omnath. I don't. We don't need to pull up Omnath. Hold on. No, people have seen it. Uh, anyway, so what do we have nominated? That's not on the list. Your card picks, the referee squad, and yeah. uh, that's it because we excluded pretty much. Yes. Okay, and no storm the sea core. Okay, storm the sea core. The Shark and that's it. Well, invasion of New Phyrexia and Realm Breaker. I'm going to venture guess that nobody. So you're not doing Seed Shark anymore? Or are you still on Seed Shark then? See, this is what you. I, I'm on referee after I saw it. Okay. 
on referee. Other days on C-Core, so I'm not going to get anybody on my back for New Phyrexia or Realm Breaker. Yeah, I'm on my side. Oh, Siege of New Phyrexia? Yeah. Or Invasion of New Phyrexia? Yeah, Invasion of New Phyrexia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's a... I assume I, I have I a tell you what. cool story beat. It's um, Yeah. Invasion of New Phyrexia. Ah, so two for a new uh, I can get on it because it's flavorful because it's been uh I don't know twenty three years of magic since, coming around full circle. Since the yeah. first time yeah, that's what I was like, yeah, I, I stormed this in the story, this story, Storm the Seed for and Invasion of New Phyrexia hold about the same weight, but just because New Phyrexia, Invasion of New Phyrexia and the Zalfians have been misplaced for so long. It's yeah. been such and, a huge part of magic, Where what happened to Zephyr uh, and what they've been doing for so long. Uh, what happened to Zephyr again? Teferi phased it out to save it from the Phyrexians and then couldn't find it later. Yeah, he kind of like so it's just been lost for screwed the pitch. I don't know that. why you do that every time. Oh, you you knew and you made me. <laughs> um. Anyways, just that whole that the the freaking whole chapter of the uh, apocalypse book where that happens is just a sick chapter. Where um, I mean, I'm pretty sure I borrowed that book from you. Probably when I read it. um because I have them all. Up to a certain point, uh, but yeah, where they invert gravity and the their fight, the Phyrexians are fighting upside down, and then Teferi's like, "Okay, bye." Sick, I love it. Um, yeah. Anyways, so are we going with invasion of New Phyrexia? Have I talked sense into you people? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Honorable mention to referee squad. I'll, Storm the Seed I'll, Corps. I'll give you both honorable mentions for Storm the Seed Corps and referee. <laughs> It's such I, an uncard, though. It's, I can't even say it, it man. <laughs> uh, is it that would be so bad if they didn't literally have up. referee costumes on? Is that uh, referencing Strixhaven and their friggin' school? Uh, oh, I bet it is. Things? I bet it is. Uh, yeah. It makes more sense and makes it even more flavorful. But damn, <laughs> it is goofy. Okay, so most lookable card. Invasion New Phyrexia, we've locked that in. Let's end this yep. show because y- y'all two exhaust me and I need to go to bed. So uh, why don't you tell them where they can find oh, us? Wait, what do you mean by that? What? You, you guys are alive. <laughs> so much. <laughs> what? You're, you're, Have I corrupted Ben? Possibly. I'm, I'm now completed. Dealing, <laughs> look, trying to uh, moderate. Speaking of. You know, there is another flavorful card. Oh yeah, with with a gift of completion. Oh yeah, um, that would be Tarona. Sorry, I've already licked Invasion of Nephrexia. <laughs> we can't go back. Um, I, I no, I think I think we need to revisit this. I'm not going to do it. Stop <laughs> it. Like I was saying, trying to get you guys to stay on topic and do a podcast. I, uh, I have given the gift of completion to Ben. That's true. That's flavorful. Y'all, it's yeah. like trying. It's flavorful for us and for Magic the Gathering. Yeah, I'm on the dark side now. Y'all are like trying to juggle feral cats. That's all I'm saying. Let's close the show out. Tell them what. I don't understand. Why would you juggle feral cats? I don't. Why do I do the podcast? I don't know, man. <laughs>
<laughs> so you can find us on uh, Twitch at Magic Proving Grounds, on YouTube at Magic Proving Grounds, on Twitter at MPG Pod, and uh, me on my personal Twitter at Be Nice MPG. Where can they find Just you? Just so you know, gift of completion is one black and one colorless. Uh-huh. And when it comes into play, you incubate three. Uh-huh. And whenever a Phyrexian you control dies, you surveil one. Oh. Pretty, pretty flavorful. Yeah, that is flavorful. Because you get to, you, you know, put it in the graveyard. Yeah, and you complete. Can I sway your vote, Ben? No, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all can find me on Twitter at Dave underscore MPG. And that's the end of the show. Bye. <laughs> Uh, I'd say play, make mouth noise music for the outro. Uh, until next time, everybody. Peace. Bye.